We are off and running on a Monday evening from the Circus Sportsbook. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. Jeff Parles to my left, Tim Murray with you for the next three hours. And, you know, Jeff, I'm hoping that tonight, similar to what we saw from Steph over the weekend, I'm just going to have a terrific first hour, like an unbelievable first hour, (laughs) and I'm just going to get pulled. And it's just going to be coasting from there. But the first hour and a half will be so good, people won't even... Remember that I wasn't here for the second half. Does that work for you? I'm not going to comment. Don't comment there, <laughs> Tim. Right? I, I, look, I know, I know, I'm leaving town for a few days. But, yeah, man, you got to. Uh, we need to. Yeah, we. Gotta, I'll be well rested when I get back next Thursday. Right. <laughs> uh, but Steph Curry back at it tonight should be a tremendous game. Utah visiting the Golden State Warriors as this will be the uh, really the game we keep the closest eye on tonight. Uh, we've got a couple games. Uh, actually, one coming down to the wire with the Pelicans and Grizzlies of uh, the utmost importance for especially New Orleans, who seems like their chances of getting into the postseason are are bordering on slim and nil. And something we're going to do in the first segment of the show are look at the playoff probabilities that BasketballReference.com has. And as of today, New Orleans was at a 3.6% chance of making the postseason obviously dealing with injuries, uh, the most significant to, uh, to Zion Williamson. And San Antonio is not helping them out whatsoever. Certainly if you were in New Orleans, as a 10-point dog today, Jeff, you were hoping if we could pull this off as they lead by one with nine and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter without Zion, San Antonio is absolutely hammering the Milwaukee Bucks, who are playing for something, by the way. So that uh, that has been a bit of a surprise here tonight. The Milwaukee Bucks, who went off tonight, as I thought I had the odds pull up, as a seven-point road favorite, trail by 19 in the third quarter. Just a stunning no-show defensively. Yeah. From 87 Milwaukee. points in the first yeah, half. Yeah, 87 in the first half, 65% from three in the first half. <laughs> uh, just uh, beyond video game numbers for San Antonio. And yeah, they've cooled off uh, there, Tim. They're now shooting 60% from the field and 62% from three. They, I mean, San Antonio has cooled off considerably in the second half. It was half. 87-64 at the end of the second quarter at Craziness. halftime. And I'm the dope. Who said, oh, yeah, you know, the Bucks will probably battle still back. still get there, though. We'll see. Uh, I took 11.5 for the Bucks, which sounds like a monster number, right? If they lose by 11, I win. So that, that, that was my mindset. Is, All right, they're going to maybe keep this close. It's 101-82. Spurs not helping out uh, the New Orleans Pelicans and uh, not helping out Adam Silver either. Because, I mean, San Antonio, Memphis in the play-in. Eh. Oh. New Orleans, Memphis in the play, and with no Zion and no Ingram isn't That's great true. either. That's true. I was so, I mean, I don't know. You <laughs> tape, great tape up that finger, and you get uh, you get Zion back in that. But uh, we do have this uh, Golden State and Utah game, which should be a lot of fun. Steph Curry's over under tonight thirty five and a half. His over under on threes is six and a half. He has gone over six and a half threes in four of the last five games, in ten of the last sixteen. And, of course, um, what we saw on Saturday against Oklahoma City, 49, 11 three-pointers, and did not play the fourth quarter. So we'll see if Steph Curry can continue to uh, just be uh, out of this world. Boyan Bogdanovich, by the way, or um, 
23 and a half is his over under Jeff. He's actually hit that in six of his last eight games. He has really stepped up with the absence of Donovan Mitchell on the offensive side for uh, for Utah. Well, the huge game on Friday night, 40-plus against yep. Denver. And again, the, the Utah Jazz just need a score with no Mitchell, no Mike Conley. That's not the game Rudy Gobert plays. He doesn't nope. play the scoring game. So Bogdanovich, who again, has played pretty well in Utah for not having Donovan Mitchell now for almost three whole weeks. They have held on to the one seed and look like they're going to keep it. So a really nice job by the Utah uh, the Utah Jazz to hold that one seed. They are a two-point road favorite tonight are the Jazz. Let's get this bad boy rolling. Here we go. It is a Monday. Tim Murray and Jeff Parles with you here on VEASAN is the nightcap. Live uh, from the Circus Sportsbook. Two NBA games to come this evening, including a thriller, which should be a very, very entertaining affair. Utah and the Golden State Warriors, a total that we've actually seen move south. Started 228.5, has gone down to 225.5, Jeff. Utah laying two, and then Houston at Portland. Oh, boy. Tankapalooza against a team in uh, in desperation mode to stave off the... There goes my pen. Stave, You're so excited by this stave, game. I'm very excited. The, the, the pen is just fired off I the I mean, desk. and here's the funny thing. There are spots in town <laughs> that I see right now for Houston and Portland at 14 and a half here at Circa and in other spots there's 15 and a half so there's some discrepancies out there I w- I couldn't touch Houston big number I was saying it might be a first half play potentially you for want to play nine nine and a half nine and a half a juice oh, nine and a half I mean that doesn't sound like a lot of fun what about this total though at 238 the the Two thirty-nine and a half. Two thirty-nine. Oh, I'm, I'm looking at an old number. I guess two thirty-nine and a There's half. There's a two forty. So offshore. So I was I was going to say at two thirty-eight. The question was, can Houston score enough to get you there? Obviously, that question still remains with it at two thirty-nine and a half or two forty. But would it shock you? Portland scores a buck forty-five in this game. No, not one bit. So I would only bet this game over. I'm not as interested in it with it almost at two forty, but. Again, the Blazers really need this game with the Lakers' win last night against the Suns yep. and the Lakers getting LeBron back tomorrow in all likelihood, or if not tomorrow, Either, Wednesday, yeah. against Houston. They don't need him to beat Houston. But, look, it's really interesting now where it looked like it was all Portland for good. Portland does have three difficult games left after tonight, so they do need to take care of their business, hammer a tanking Houston team that needs to lose to stay in the bottom three of the league, so, uh, again, it wouldn't shock me if Portland wins by 20 and scores 140 tonight. Yeah, and Houston, remember, has to, I believe it is, is their pick top, only top four protected? I want to say there's something. I, I don't remember what there is. I know Minnesota Minnesota's, has a top three yeah, protected. Yeah, Minnesota's in trouble. Yeah, they're, Minnesota's, they're, they're Minnesota's won too much. <laughs> they're losing that pick. The ownership in Minnesota has to be so upset right now. They're playing well. Uh, they've been a bet-on team as of late. But they're going to lose that pick. And, and Golden State, not to go down a rabbit hole, but hey, that's what we do kind of on this show. Golden State, certainly, if they want to, this offseason, I've heard many people th- uh, bring up this thought, what is likely a top eight, maybe even a top, top five, six maybe pick, even, yeah. uh, the Minnesota pick, as long as it doesn't fall top three, and last year's number two overall pick in Wiseman, to package that to get someone to pair with Clay and Steph could really uh, make this offseason interesting. So 
Uh, that'll be something to keep an eye on. By the way, uh, we had uh, opened the show looking at Memphis and New Orleans and saying, Memphis, what are you doing? You, you need to take care of your business here. You've got to win this game. They have since gone on a little bit of a run, and they now have a seven-point lead uh, over the New Orleans Pelicans. They are eight for 11 from the field right now. Going back to Portland real quick before we jump into uh, just looking at teams to make the playoffs and, and where they may be slotted here. Um, which is which has kind of become a fascinating discussion. You know, this is a Portland team that, after getting swept by Memphis, looked like they were destined for that seven, maybe even eight seed because of getting swept by Memphis. Jeff, since then they've rattled off seven of eight. Dame is getting to his own. CJ McCollum's playing expe- uh, expe- especially well, and. On Saturday, they absolutely destroyed the San Antonio Spurs, who are returning the favor to the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. They beat them 124-102. And my only thought why they could just come out and pulverize Houston is I look back to last Wednesday when they dropped 141 on the Cleveland Cavaliers. That could happen tonight against Houston. Wouldn't wouldn't shock me at all. And and again, you you brought it up. We a few weeks ago, not even about uh, 40, yeah, 2 weeks ago, Tim, we were sitting here and thinking about, well, the Lakers are safe in the 6 or the 5. <laughs> yeah. How can Portland catch Dallas again? Uh, or, or or hold off Dallas, we I should say. And now Portland sitting in the 6 hole and again a game that you got to win. Take care of your business tonight. And then the, those last three games at Utah, at Phoenix, and Denver. The, Not easy. That last game on Sunday, though, is, has all sorts of intrigue to me because that could be one of those fun scenarios where the Nuggets need to lose to get on the opposite side of the bracket of the Clippers and the Lakers. Mm-hmm. So that game could have all sorts of weirdo implications to it. So they're going to be an underdog on Wednesday and Thursday. That we do know, though. Yeah, and Phoenix right now, uh, after the loss last night to the Lakers, sit two games back of the Utah Jazz. And, man, it, I, I'm, I'm happy for Sun fans. It's the first time in you know, over a decade they'll be in the postseason. But your reward, more, more than likely, is going to be the Los Angeles Lakers, who is, at full strength, an absolute mismatch nightmare for the Phoenix Suns. And we've talked about it quite a bit on the show there's almost no doubt that the Phoenix Suns will be a uh, underdog to the Lakers in that series. It, it doesn't matter who the Lakers play in the first round, Tim. The Lakers are going to be favored. That's true. It, it just at this point, even if it's, even if they get the eight and they play Utah, the Lakers are still going to be favored in that series. And again, uh, a nice, uh, a nice, uh, nicely done chart by the uh, fellows behind the scenes. Yeah, uh, this tonight. is a, this is a really cool chart for those checking us out on Veasan.com of the probabilities uh, via Basketball Reference of where these teams will be seated. Uh, the Utah Jazz uh, last night really helped out the fact that they are are pretty much locking up the one seed. They've got uh, the Golden State Warriors here. That game's going to tip off shortly, uh, so we'll keep you updated all evening long on that. And the Phoenix Suns. They're going to be the two seed, uh, and then you trickle it down. Clippers and Nuggets. Clippers there at seventy percent to be the three seed. They are currently one game up on the Denver Nuggets, and uh, Denver sitting there with a, a strong case to be the uh, the four seed. And then Dallas, because of of tiebreak reasons, there as the five. You know the Lakers' chances got enhanced a little bit yesterday. 
uh, with the, the. It's not out of the. It's. I mean, there's these odds are are correct, and that it's about a you know twenty five percent a quarter you know one in four chance that the Lakers can catch the Blazers. Um, the Blazers, I would be absolutely stunned if they lost tonight. But then you you mentioned the schedule, Jeff, at Utah. At Phoenix, both of those teams, at least on Wednesday night, Utah is going to be playing to try to lock up the one seed, right? I would imagine that Phoenix will probably play two. Yeah. Uh, just to be, again, the Denver not the last game, game, like you brought up, is intriguing. If they've got that number three or number four seed locked down, do they? Well, that could be one of those two where you remember if uh, in two two years ago there was all sorts of chicanery in the final day where. Portland was openly trying to lose game 82 to avoid playing Oklahoma City in the first round. And then Amp- this was a Tankapalooza legend game, and that's part of the reason that I remember this. Anthony Simons legitimately played all 48 minutes and scored like 39 points, and Portland won game 82 and got the three seed. And then, thankfully for all of us, uh, we got the Dame moment out of it, yep. uh, waving waving goodbye to uh a Oklahoma great City first round series, like a five game series where again uh, Portland just torched uh, Oklahoma City in the end. But look, just looking at the schedules for everyone knowing this, to bring it back to Portland and and the Lakers, Dallas is going to get the five seed. I, I feel pretty confident in that. Dallas's remaining schedules: Memphis, Minnesota, Toronto, and New Orleans. That's that's why I'm pretty confident yeah. in that. For the Lakers, you get the Knicks tomorrow night, mm-hmm. who are coming off. Let's face it, that's the best win the Knicks have had all season. Beating Phoenix, yeah. Or winning, in, winning it against the Clippers, yeah. Oh, yeah, Clippers yesterday, yeah. 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 Beating the Clippers yesterday. Uh, outstanding win for them. And also, second day in L.A. Uh, it may not be the best thing in the world. It, granted, it is still COVID protocol, so it's not, not the same as it usually would be. But you get them in a good spot. You have the Rockets, who, again, openly tanking team on Wednesday. And then at Indiana and at New Orleans, what's stopping the Lakers from going 4-0 and here? And in the end, the Lakers do have to get one full game ahead right. of Portland. That's the key to this. They have to get one full game ahead of them because Portland has the tiebreaker. But a 4-0 Laker finish with a 2-2 two and two Portland finish is not out of the realm at all. No, there's no doubt. I mean, you know, the reports right now uh, are that LeBron is, is feeling great. But he came back, and when he came back, was just fully, was clearly not healthy enough. So, you know, what does that mean when he returns tomorrow? But, you know, outside of the Knicks game, the Lakers' schedule is uh, is pretty manageable there uh, to to close out the season with uh, with Houston at Indiana and then at New Orleans. Uh, Indiana is one of those teams in the Eastern Conference, as we pivot over there, uh, you can get a plus price on them to make the postseason at plus 260. You see the uh, the handy-dandy chart right there. Three percent chance to make the seven seed, twenty-seven percent chance to get that eight seed. I, I want nothing to do with Indiana. Nope. Uh, they did win tonight. They're playing Cleveland. Congrats, you won. Didn't cover. The closing number was nine and a half. Uh, but for Indiana, you know, we saw the Wizards tonight with that Bradley Beal uh, lose by one. Uh, congrats to Russell Westbrook as he broke the uh, all-time record for triple doubles. He was minus four hundred. <laughs> at DraftKings to get a triple double, just think, comical. Think just about comical. that, folks. That's, that's insane. I mean, that's an eighty percent likelihood. That's what minus four hundred equals. Incredible. And would you have bet to know though? Under, under any circumstance, not. no way, no way you would have bet it. And I remember 
when this really this streak started and when the odds started to shift into odds on territory that he would have a triple double he has now got triple doubles jeff russell westbrook in five straight games eight of nine 12 of 15 25 of 31 for russell westbrook for a triple double and but as you see the odds we'll show them in a little bit for the wizards to make the postseason you know for russell westbrook and i i said it on the air on my guys in the desert I love this trade for the Wizards. I am from D.C. I have also been a critic of Russell Westbrook for, for many, many years, as of, as of many others. Because, in my opinion, Russell Westbrook, as a one or a two, they, he will, they will never win anything of importance. Never win a championship. Never, you know, get out of the Western or Eastern Conference. However, if you're a team like the Wizards, fledgling in that purgatory of seven eight nine land he's perfect because he's he is the most competitive dude out there you can't tank with russell westbrook on your roster uh and that's what we've seen here this season and uh, even without bradley beal the stat that i just saw uh which is remarkable uh about the wizards is they have been uh, i think they've won what is it four they've been 13 and four since april 12th and of those four losses, including tonight, by one point or in overtime. It's impressive. They're play, um, play, playing great basketball. Do they make the playoffs at yes. plus 120? Yes. I, I believe they do at this point because here's the one issue that they could run into. First off, with the news of Jalen Brown's season being over, yep. with, uh, with, with uh, what was it, the thumb injury mm-hmm. today, uh, a torn ligament in his thumb, so his season is done. That could be a scenario where Washington beats Indiana in a 9-10 and then Charlotte beats Boston in the 7-8 and Charlotte gets the 7 seed and then Boston falls into the 8 and then has a home game against Washington. Even though I will say, not that anyone's going to tank a play-in game scenario, but if if you're the Celtics at this point, don't you just basically say, let's just, let's just pack this thing in. We're not winning a championship this year. Let's let's if we lose two games in the playing game, it's not the end of the world. Let everyone have a real full off season as opposed to a shortened one, and and go from there. Again, I'm not saying they're gonna they're more than likely gonna beat the Hornets, but this has just been such a nightmare for Boston this year, Tim. I'm curious too. I think these odds might shift a little bit now with the news of Jalen Brown being done for the year mm-hmm. because you can get a plus price in the Hornets to make the postseason, and if you're the eight seed. You've got two chances to make the playoffs. Right. Uh, and I know the Wizards are playing well, but if you're Charlotte, you're getting a home game for that second game. Now they have to hold off Washington for that that eighth spot. But, yeah, I, I mean, at a plus price of plus 125 for the Hornets to make the playoffs, especially with the Jalen Brown news, uh, Charlotte's interesting there at plus 125 to make the bracket. The the interesting thing with that though is what is the, they're probably going to be an underdog in both games, assuming yes. it's Washington yeah. out of the other one. Indiana, by the way, did hop the Wizards for the nine seed again with their win over Cleveland tonight and Washington's loss to Atlanta. Oh, that's right. So there is a real chance that Indiana gets the nine, and then if Indiana beats Washington in the nine ten and plays the Hornets, I would imagine that would be a game that's pretty close to a pick 'em or probably Hornets minus one. So that kind of ruins the handicap a little bit, but if it's if they go Boston at Boston hosting Washington, 
you're going to get a plus price in both games for the Hornets. So I'm not really sure how much that really benefits actually taking the, to make the playoffs at this point. I would just money line them against Boston. Right. And if they lose, money line them against the, uh, the Wizards if you think they're going to be a playoff team in the end. Yeah, and the Wizards close the season at home against Charlotte. Uh, which could be a game of uh, of certain importance there. So, games to keep an eye on. Uh, Charlotte has won the first two, so that game may not actually have as much importance as, as we thought. But right. you never know. Uh, the Spurs are making me look like an idiot. Uh, they are hammering the Bucks. Still, uh, no no comeback here for the Bucks to try to make this game close. So that looks like a losing bet. We'll get you updated on Warriors and Jazz just underway. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN live from the Circus Sportsbook. Jazz and Warriors tonight. That's Jeff Parles, Tim Murray with you. And like I said, going to break. Um, Bucks making me look dumb because, ah, come on. They're not going to lose by 20. The Spurs? <laughs> no, they might. Yeah, they might do that. Uh, it is 122 to 102. The San Antonio Spurs are taking it to the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. Giannis has 24, and if you're the Bucks, just take them out. Um, you know, one thing I want to take a look at, though, real quickly, is before we get to the, the Jazz and the Warriors game, uh, Bucks, right now, uh, we, we looked at those probabilities of who's going to get in, who's uh, what, what seed. The Bucks have a, a high probability of getting the two seed at 56%. But they lose tonight, which they will. They're down 20 with eight and a half minutes to go. They're one back of Brooklyn. However, they do hold the tiebreaker against Brooklyn. They won the head-to-head series two games to one. So for the Bucks, it's San Antonio tonight, which will be a loss. Orlando at Indiana. Miami at Chicago. And then for Brooklyn, it is one of the softest schedules remaining at Chicago tomorrow. San Antonio at home with the possibility of James Harden returning. Chicago and Cleveland. Now, <laughs> Brooklyn, once again, has to be a game ahead of the Bucks to to grab this two seed, which you might think, hey, what's the big deal? But there's a strong likelihood, Jeff, that Miami gets the six. And Miami's playing really well right now. Beginning of their year was just ravaged with covid uh, maybe a little bit of a hangover, too, from that run that they made in the bubble. Now they're playing well, and I think if you're Brooklyn or my, uh, Milwaukee, maybe even more so Milwaukee, considering what happened last year, no thanks on, on the Miami Heat. No, I, look, the Heat look like the team they were in the bubble right. for the first time all year over the last week or so, which is, eh, Tim, it's pretty good timing of them to get themselves right at this point. And look, I don't think they can be Brooklyn in a seven game series, but you bet that they would have to work a lot harder. The Nets would to beat Miami. than they would whoever comes out of that seven, seven, eight game. Because again, I, I think, Charlotte. I think Boston is, I think Boston again, might be better served. Just not even being in the bracket at this point, just get to the end of the season, get everyone healthy and be ready to make a push next year. And if it's the Hornets, the Hornets stink and the Nets will beat them, beat them in four or five. So, I look, I, it is awfully important. And also, too, you bring up just for Milwaukee, for the mental aspect yeah. for Milwaukee, Miami skunked them last year. That was a beatdown, that series. It was embarrassing. The, the only game they won was 
was game four in the game Giannis got hurt early in. So that was, it, it was no doubt who was the better team in that series. It was Miami, and that's a big mental hurdle to climb for a team that is known for their postseason failures the last two years for the Bucs. So I look, it is a bad loss to take. And it would not shock me, Tim, if the Nets and Milwaukee both win their last four and Brooklyn ends up a game clear in the end, so they get the two. And the Hawks, by the way, uh, they hold the tiebreaker over the Heat. They won tonight, beat the Wizards, so they're currently a half game up on Miami at 38-31. and 31. Hawks have the second easiest remaining schedule in the league. Washington again, no Bradley Beal. Orlando and Houston to close out the year. So Hawks looking pretty strong there on that number five spot while Miami has at Boston, Philadelphia, at Milwaukee, at Detroit to close out the year. So a strong win tonight for the Hawks to uh, try to stranglehold that that five seed there in the Eastern Conference. Uh, mentioned Golden State and Utah, and hopefully this is going to be, uh, this score is going to be indicative of, of what is in store tonight. 22-22 right now is the score between the uh, the. Golden State Warriors and the Utah Jazz. Utah going off as a two-point favorite against these Golden State Warriors. And we mentioned uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, man. Uh, 23.5 is the over-under. Already 11 points, three three-pointers for Bogdanovich. And this is stunning. If you play Draymond Green over, cash that ticket, baby. <laughs> Already in. Double digits nine for Draymond. Minutes, not even nine minutes into that game, and you could say you have cashed an over. Draymond Green has ten points in this game already for the Golden State Warriors as they have a 24-22 lead with 315 to go in the now first Now, is quarter. that a good sign or a bad sign for Golden State? That the fact that they're that they're up two with Draymond having 10 points, uh, is that good because Steph hasn't gotten going? Or is it bad because, oh my goodness, Draymond has 10 and we're only up two? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'll say it's a former. You haven't gotten Steph going I, I, yet. I tend to agree with you on that. 24-22, Warriors leading the Jazz. And uh, when we return... Dodger dogs aren't tasting so well right now. Let's talk more about uh, the the struggles out in La La Land with the sure thing Dodgers next right here on the Nightcap. Jeff Parles to my left, Tim Murray with you live from the Circus Sportsbook. Jeff, you did not have uh, Mandaloon, did you? At twenty six to one, it would be relevant, wouldn't it? Did you? No. Oh. I did not. I did not either. I did not. I had soup and sandwich. Who? Uh, oh, that's uh, right. Who got who got hurt midway and got pulled up? But you had the good name. I had the best name, and we had worked it out, right? You were going to eat, you know, matzo ball soup. We we, we were ready to go. I, I we had uh we had uh the deli upstairs, uh, right? On speed dial to get a uh, get a pastrami on rye and a matzo ball soup down here in the middle of the show. We were ready to go. Josh Towers and I. <laughs> Josh Towers did win on that uh with with Medina Spirit. Obviously that uh that win is very much in question as we speak yeah. right now. Uh yes, so uh, very interesting day in the horse racing world. <laughs> you uh, and, could say that, and then. Uh, very interesting interviews from one Mr. Baffert throughout the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, I had uh, I listened to our, our good friend Banksy here, and I, I rolled with uh, Hot Rod Charlie, and he came in third. So, I remember uh, the, the the resident Canadian gave you the Canadian horse. I, that's all I needed. I, yeah. I mean, I wasn't I didn't have anything else uh, anything else going for me. So. Uh, yeah, the uh, the Kentucky Derby. I said it this morning when I was doing my uh, my radio show, and I said, you know, this is I wouldn't say the best thing that ever happened to to horse racing, but I I would imagine 
And we're, we're not talking, no offense to the, the horse raising enthusiasts out there, but on a Monday, we're not talking freakness for a Kentucky Derby aftermath. So this, in a sense, I think heightens intrigue. We'll see how the week uh, unfolds there for the old uh, race at the Pimlico Stakes, which, man, talking about interesting. That's an interesting spot in, there, uh, in the old Charm City. I, I, I'm not even. I, I, you you said exactly what I was about to say about about Pimlico. So yeah, you're, you're you're all good there. <laughs> that one. Um, the Dodgers are off tonight. And speaking of the Dodgers, we're going to talk to Bill Plunkett, who is the uh, Dodgers beat reporter for the Ocean County Register, here in uh, less than ten minutes. Because Jeff, this is a team in the Dodgers who had the highest win total ever. One of, if not the highest one of. It, it was, and that's all we talked about. It was a team that won this, the, the World Series last year. Added the NL Cy Young winner. Didn't really lose anybody. And here they are after a start to the season of, what was it, 13-2. and two. They are now 5-15 and 15 since with a 18-17 and 17 record. But... Their odds are still pretty high because they're the Dodgers, and this is what it's expected. Still plus 160 to win the National League. Still the favorite to win the World Series. And still minus $4 to win the National League West. Now, I think a reason for that, obviously, is when you look at the Padres, offensively, they have not been up to their capabilities. I mean, hell, the... First place team is the San Francisco Giants. Nobody saw that coming. I don't think anyone thinks that's really sustainable. So when you look at the Dodgers, we brought this up a week or two ago. You know, at what point is there a buy point on the Dodgers? And at what point do you say, I don't know, maybe this team just doesn't have it in them? So I'll take the second yeah. question of that first. When they made the World Series in 2018, they didn't make it in 19. No, they did not. They, they, they lost in the division. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think there's a, a red, white, and blue team that knocked them out. But regardless, uh, still remember those two, home runs. Two, Rendon, Soto. Two, oh. 2018, they were 16 and 26. Hendrick Grand Slam. Okay, sorry. You're you're good. The reminiscing on a on a championship is not a bad thing. Uh, 16 and 26 in 2018. Yep. Okay, so they were 10 games under 542 games in, and. What happened, they steamrolled through the, the division the rest of the way, steamrolled through the playoffs, made the World Series, lost to Boston in five. So, to me, the big thing with this is the books are not going to come back to the pack. Remember, Chris Andrews was on with us last week and told us that they got burned yep. on that, on the National League odds when they dipped them too low, and the Dodgers ended up steamrolling their way to the World Series. They lost, but they still made the World Series, and those NL pennant tickets came in pretty easily. So look, uh, Tim, I, I would say you wait maybe until they're actually under 500, which I don't know if that will actually happen because they're still above 500 even with this horrible, horrible stretch. But I don't know how far it's going to really dip realistically to win the World Series. I don't see them ever really getting north of, what, 8-1? to one? And that would be probably, if it's apparent, that they're in real, real trouble. And for the world, for the NL... I don't think it's going to get too deep, too too high either. So, again, patience may be a virtue here, but I don't I don't know what the right I don't know when that time will be. I don't know if that time will come. I got a I got a 
hit a pause here. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, remember when you laughed? You're like, gonna lay nine and a half in the first half on the Blazers? Oh, I, I, I see where you're going with this, Tim Murray. They put I up see. 50 in the first quarter, man. <laughs> it is 50 to 33, Blazers. So, what was I? Th- why was it? This was. I did this the other day with the Warriors when they played Oklahoma yeah, City. You did the first half and it worked. I'm going to tell you this, though, Tim. And you talked about the total, and you you did not you you said two thirty nine, two thirty nine and a half. You're like, I don't know, I don't know. Fifty. Well, I mean, you're only in a live total of two sixty two and a half right now. And also, too, the question was, are the Rockets going to be able to score enough? And guess what? The Rockets scored thirty three points in the first quarter. Uh, again, not going to really matter when, oh, I don't know, Portland scored 50 in the first quarter, which, by the way, Tim, 21 right, from C.J. McCollum. Portland right now is shooting 69% from the field and has made 12 threes already. 12 threes in a quarter. C.J., by the way, was 5 of 5 from 3 in that quarter. Uh, hey, look, I, I, I got I, I to give Houston credit, though. They are committed to the darn tank. Which Minnesota is not, and Houston will end up with that top three pick in the Timberwolves bowl. I bet the Bucks the second half. That did not work oh, out. Oh, that's tough. Bad. This night is not shaping out all you that well. You can't get an 8-0 run in the last I, two I minutes. End up, I end up not pulling the trigger on the Blazers' first half. They're, they drop a 50-burger in the first quarter, and the Bucks are down 21. Good job, Tim. All right. How about we go back to the Dodgers conversation? I won't preemptively yell at Jeff during our next conversation. <laughs> Bill Plunkett will join us. Is he worried about the Dodgers? That's up next right here on the Nightcap. Welcome back into the Indeed.com studio hiring. Start finding the right people right away. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN, and it has gone final. I'm a loser. Uh, well, that's just that's just a known fact, <laughs> but I'm a loser on my bet, too. Uh, the Spurs beat the Bucks 146 to 125. Did I bet this game pregame? No. At halftime, down 23, I said, come on, Bucks will have some fight. Uh, they did not, and they lost by 21. So 146 to 125, the final score there. Uh, the over, as you would imagine, with 271 points, Jeff, does come home. Yeah. Just no, ever so slightly. Yeah, no, no, no sweat there. He only, he only won by uh, nearly 40 on that total. But uh, really, as we documented before, really bad loss for Milwaukee. Now Brooklyn controlling their own destiny for the two-seed in the Eastern Conference, and now Milwaukee will need the Nets to lose one game to a team that the Nets are much better than all four of those teams they play the rest of the way. Well, we were talking about the Dodgers and uh, the surprisingly slow start to the season for the defending World Series champs when I interrupted our conversation to yell out Jeff about the Blazers. Uh, But let's talk more Dodgers. We bring in Bill Plunkett, who covers the Dodgers for the Orange County Register. Follow Bill on Twitter, at Bill Plunkett, OCR. 18 and 17, the record right now, Bill. Uh, over under in Vegas, 104 wins, which uh, still possible, uh, seems unlikely now. But after a 13 and two start, five and 15 since, uh, can you pinpoint the one biggest issue by this uh, Dodgers team right now? About a little over a month into the season, 
Well, they're not hitting a lick. Their bullpen is thin, and the defense has been shaky. But other than that, they're, they're fine. They're, yeah, they're great. Other than that, <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think the the thing that it, it comes down to mainly is the injuries they've had. They've had they have twelve guys that have been on the the IL, including important people like Cody Bellinger, Zach McKinstry, who was you know basically their bench. They weren't getting anything from anybody else, but he was terrific. And then guys like, you know, Tony Gonsolin, David Price, Corey Nabel, Ruzdark Gratterall, just important pieces. And, you know, Bellinger not being there shortens the lineup. It also affects them defensively. The depth that they thought they had in pitching involved guys like David Price and Tony Gonsolin, and they're not there right now either. They thought they had some really good options in the bullpen, but it's basically Kenley Jansen, who's a bit of a you know mystery, Blake Trinan, and a bunch of young guys who are pitching in situations much uh, higher leverage than they were planning to pitch in. They're in over their heads a little bit, to put it bluntly. And you put all that together, and you end up losing 15 games out of 20. Bill, uh, just uh, again, this is kind of a reminder for all of us that uh... – a 162-game season is so much different than the 60-game sprint that we had a year ago. But uh, when do you expect the Dodgers would go out and make a move uh, to, to just fortify something with all the injuries that they have right now, Bill? Or is it just, uh, like I said, we're back to the marathon. They'll just wait it out. Eventually, they'll go on that 12 out of 14 stretch that we know they're going to have at some point. Yeah, I think if they made a move... Now, in the next few weeks, that would be a panic move. And Andrew Friedman does not make panic moves. Mm-hmm. I I guarantee you they will make at least one or two moves at the trade deadline. But the picture will be a lot more clear at the trade deadline, and they'll know exactly where they have to make a move, whether it's you know reinforce the bullpen, get a fifth starter, whatever it ends up being. Uh, so I, I don't think... Uh, I don't think they're thinking in terms of anything other than let's get these guys healthy, see who comes back, when they come back, and then assess what we what the needs are. Chat once again with Bill Plunkett from the Orange County uh, Ocean County Register, excuse me, uh, as as he is the uh, Dodgers beat reporter there. Did I say Orange? Orange. I said it right the first time. Orange County. Orange County. Orange County. Ocean, Disneyland. Ocean County is uh, in New Jersey. I don't know. <laughs> Jeff's traveling to New Jersey tomorrow. I got New Jersey on my brain. Orange County uh, Register is where he could find uh, Phil Bill Plunkett's uh, great work. Um, the loss of Dustin May. Uh, you, you look at this rotation, Trevor Bauer, Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller, Julio Urias. Dustin May, as, as solid as he is, is kind of a, you know, a, a throw-in type of, uh, type of guy there. But to lose him for the season... Uh, Bill, how big of a loss is that for the Dodgers? Because last year, you know, and in the past couple of years, you'd see Dustin make some starts, you know, in the postseason, he'd come out of the bullpen throwing 99, 100 miles an hour. So to lose Dustin May this early and, and for the entire season, how big of a loss? It's pretty significant. And for a couple of reasons, one, he was just starting to come into his own as a young, young, excuse me, young starter. I mean, he's got dynamic stuff. And he had uh, started to master a breaking ball to add to, 
you know, the hundred mile an hour sinker with run. I mean, he was, he was just starting to uh, understand the tools he had to work with. So that's, it, it was sad to see for those reasons, just because, you know, this is a young, young talent who has such a bright future. So yeah, it was, it was really sad to watch that happen. The other part of it is he might've been their closer in the postseason. Yeah. I mean, they, they did that with Julio Urias last October. He closed out the NLCS and the World Series, not Kenley Jansen. And by this October, it might have been May who, you know, was coming out of the bullpen to shut things down. So now they don't have that option. And the other option, I thought, I really thought Corey Knable was going to be their closer by the end of the season. And now he's got a lat injury. We don't know when we're going to see him again. So yeah, the Dustin May thing, it was just it, mainly the first feeling you have is just sadness for the, for a really young guy who's now basically going to miss two seasons. Bill, even with the struggles, uh, we, we the Dodgers are still obviously a, a heavy favorite to win the NL West. We saw seven absolutely brilliant games between the Padres and the Dodgers earlier in the season. How close is San Diego to the Dodgers in the way of being a a threat for the, the to win the NL East, or again, this would be a, a logical NLDS or NLCS potential matchup. I, I think they're really close. I mean, I think going into the season, I would have told you it wasn't that close. I, I thought the, the difference was depth. I don't think the Padres have the roster depth that the Dodgers do. Their lineup, you know, if Will Myers and Eric Hosmer don't get you know, aren't contributing really uh, strongly like they did the last couple of years, the lineup gets really thin. They become very dependent on Tatis and Machado and, you know, maybe Cronenworth. Uh, so I didn't think they had as long a lineup. I didn't think that uh, the pitching was as deep. You know, you have Darvish, Lamette, <clears throat> Blake Snell, all have injury histories. So they're a bit of a question mark to to you know ask to make 30 starts this year. I thought all those things were the separating factors between the Dodgers and Padres. As it's played out, it's the Dodgers that have lost their depth and come back to the pack a little bit. Uh, so I, I think it's I think it's going to be down to the last weekend of the season. I, I don't I don't know that there's a whole lot that separates them over the you know the long term now when you take those those pieces away from the Dodgers. Yeah, when you look at the divisions right now, uh, still a massive long shot are the Giants. From what you've seen, is this a cute story, but this will fade ultimately from the uh, San Francisco Giants? I think it'll fade a little, but not that much. I, I thought, uh, you know, I had to do some prediction things preseason. I had them in third place. Mm-hmm. I certainly like them better than the Diamondbacks or or the Rockies, who are just a dreadful mess right now. Uh, the, the Giants overachieved last year, and I think they're doing the same. I think they're they're built to be uh, the sum greater than the parts. I mean, you look at the parts and you're not that excited. But working together, the pieces that they've added, guys like Mike Yastrzemski, who have, you know, nobody expected him to be as important to them as he's become, I, I just think they're they're better, better than they look on paper. He is Bill Plunkett. He works uh, not in Ocean County, which is in New Jersey. No, <laughs> he, he's out on the way. That would be a tough gig to cover the Dodgers from New Jersey. So he That's, covers it. You know, it's a, 
it's a tough commute up to Dodger Stadium <laughs> from here. So, ooh, coast to coast would be a bit much. That would be challenging. So uh, a little closer there in Orange County, uh, California. Bill, great stuff. Appreciate it. As uh, and I'm sure we'll touch base uh, down the road. Down the road. Happy to talk, guys. See you. And you can follow Bill on Twitter at Bill Plunkett. O C R. If I put a hundred bucks in front of you right now, you put money on the Dodgers to win the NLS? No, because I don't want to lay that price. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. If you're if you're giving me well, a- so, if I put a hundred dollars right now, how confident would you feel in the Padres at plus two fifty? I wouldn't. I still think the Dodgers are going to win this win this division. I just don't want that. I don't want to have to lay that price with the way that. So you're it, of the waiting. You're kind of hoping. I, I would. I would love to see a scenario where the Dodgers somehow end up like oh I don't know seven eight games out of the division lead, and then that price dips down. I don't even think if they're seven. If the Giants are the first place team and they're the ones that are seven or eight games ahead of the Dodgers, I don't think we ever see uh, more than maybe even money. If you put a hundred bucks with the Dodgers at even money, then I would I, I would take that in a second. Hundred percent plus two fifty is around twenty eight twenty nine percent. Probability, I could see the Padres doing. Yeah, that. so you're asking for about a thirty, oh, a, a, 30%. Th- a three and ten. I mean, that sounds about right. Sounds about right. I think about it. Yeah, I think about it. Or you just wait and see if the Dodgers they're keep going losing, keep keep middling around <laughs> there before, as you said, hit that that twelve out of fourteen coming at charge. some point. Coming at some point. Kurt Heelan from Pro Basketball Talk will come and. See if he will yell at Jeff, too, for not letting me bet the Blazers tonight in the first half as they lead by 15. Four minutes to go in the first half. It's the nightcap here on Beastie.